Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 164th ever episode of Luther Burden is a Missouri Tiger. <laughs> Brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? <laughs> I'm great, Cameron. Uh, we've done what? How, how many now? 164? Yes. Yeah. And that's the first time that intro has ever changed, but yep. worth it. That's a, that's a worthy reason to switch up the intro. We're going to talk about Luther Burden quite a bit today. Um, it's cause for celebration. Missouri signed a five-star player. They don't do that very often. Didn't sign. I got a commitment from a five-star player. Don't do that very often. Number one receiver in the country, according to Rivals. Very exciting time. Um, he had three hats laid out in front of him. We're just jumping right into this. Yeah. I don't, I don't no wanna, intros. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't want to wait around. Yeah. Yeah. Su- subscribe on YouTube, please. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. This was the best day of the football season. Best day of the last three or four football seasons. Yeah, very possibly. I mean, this is, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. Cameron, you told me before we started recording, uh, Missouri offered Luther Burden in like 2018 or yeah. something like that. I'll, I'll take you through the timeline a little bit here. Yeah, take us through. I thought this was pretty interesting. So, yeah, I went all the way back on 24-7 Sports. You can look at the Luther Burden timeline of events. And if you it's go... It's got a timeline. Yeah, there's a lot of entries on the timeline. Um, the very first entry is his offer from Missouri on October 3rd, 2018. According to this, it was his first scholarship offer, um, followed a little over a month later by Nebraska. And then, you know, just everybody, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, um, Alabama, Auburn, USC, Texas. Then by this time, he's a five-star player, one of the best players in the country, fluctuating a little bit between like number one and number two wide receiver. October 9th, 2020, he committed to Oklahoma. So about a year ago. Yes. Then not a whole lot happened. It was kind of quiet, but there was rumblings. We There was rumors. We knew maybe he was interested in talking to Missouri. He still seemed open. He would still come to campus every once in a while. And then on August 17th, he decommitted. August 17th, 2021, he decommitted from Oklahoma. And immediately, Steve Wiltfong, expert uh, predictor for 24-7 sports, predicted in a crystal ball that Luther Burden would commit to Georgia. So that there, was wrong. That was that was wrong. Uh, there was still a lot of optimism uh, from the Mizzou fan base. Um, a lot of people were predicting that he would end up in Columbia. Uh, another crystal ball person uh, predicted that he would commit to Missouri on September 27th. And then on October 19th, Steve Wolfong changed his prediction to Luther Burden committing to the Missouri Tigers. And later that day, that's exactly what happened. This was a this was a battle from for a very long battle that uh, Missouri put in the legwork. Uh, even a previous coaching staff uh, saw this from uh, a long, long time ago. So it feels so satisfying um, knowing that all the legwork uh, finally uh, paid off and was worth it. And uh, you know, we were hearing 
things about Luther Burden's kind of openness to Missouri a long, long time before he decommitted from Oklahoma. And whenever that happened, it almost kind of felt like a validation of some of the kind of behind the scenes things we've been hearing. Like, okay, some of these sources, um, they're right so far. And we got to just keep trusting what people are saying on the inside and people from St. Louis. And whenever he decommitted from Oklahoma, I obviously didn't want to just come out and say, I think he's going to Missouri, but it really felt like that was Missouri's battle to lose at that point whenever um, he decided to switch it up there. So um, it's just, it's just crazy. It's a, it's a weird feeling to feel confident about a five-star player's recruitment. So yeah. I feel like I never wanted to let myself fully um, just relax and be like, hey, we got this. Yeah. But um, I feel like in my heart, I always kind of knew somehow that um, it was going to work out. And it finally was official. Yeah. Um, I let myself get way too confident. I was like setting myself up for extreme heartbreak if uh, he didn't pick Missouri. Um if anybody was watching the live stream, you saw he had a Mizzou hat, uh, Alabama hat, and a Georgia hat out there in front of him on the table. Missouri hat more lined up right in front of him. I think it was on the left side, wasn't it? The f- f- leftmost hat? Uh, his leftmost, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is a little scary. Is it? Yeah, unless he's left-handed. I don't know. I, I kinda, It kind of looked like closer to him. I don't know, more like directly in front. Anyway... He picked up both the Alabama and the Georgia hats, looked at them for a second or two, threw them on the ground, picked up the Mizzou hat, put it on, stood up. Crowd went wild. A lot of people on Twitter went wild. Yeah, Twitter was fun there for a little while. Um, Yeah, this is just uh, the crown jewel of an already good recruiting class. And uh, I know Missouri's actual season has been pretty disappointing, but, man, it's – Pretty tough to ignore what they're doing still on the recruiting trail. And it's great that even though things have been disappointing so far, we haven't lost any commitments or anything like that. You know, it seems like maybe there's a couple guys that are looking around a little bit. But um, for the most part, I really feel like Coach Drinkwitz is going to be able to um, maintain most of these guys and just still get to signing day with almost all these guys intact. And that's very exciting for the future. Yeah, this was a much needed win for the coaching staff who hasn't had much success on the field this season and has been getting a lot of heat from fans. Uh, the defense obviously has been atrocious. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a nice little bounce back. Perfect, uh, bye week. Uh, yeah, they won the bye week. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a blowout, but, uh, you mentioned the rest of the recruiting class, Isaac Thompson, uh, Marquise Gratial and Jamarion Wayne were all at the announcement ceremony. So that was good to see some camaraderie amongst the recruits there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, those are some of, some of the other stars in this class for sure. And some of those guys were, were some of the first, uh, commits in the class. So they've got to feel kind of justified about their decision to, um, to commit to Missouri early on in the process, they've probably got to feel good. Like I've really made the right decision seeing how the class has come together, uh, seeing the talent that's come in behind me. And I definitely don't think Missouri's done at all in this class. And I, I kind of feel like this is one of those things where Luther Burden is such a respected player, uh, a respected person in St. Louis and in Missouri, where this kind of thing sends shockwaves throughout the communities and um, makes recruits kind of take notice like, oh, wow, okay. 
like i know missouri they've been recruiting me a little bit i know they've got a decent class but wow this is yeah i'm really impressed now yeah are we doing this That's yeah, kind of exactly yeah. and just for luther burden to be <clears throat> kind of a catalyst for a change in recruiting is just it's really exciting to see where that could go to in the future and um, maybe the kind of the first domino to fall and some other exciting stuff happening before signing day this year even maybe yeah i mean i don't want to go out and think that like missouri's going to flip everybody they've offered you know that's a in-state player or like border state player or anything but um it's it's going to be enough to make some players take a second look i think and it's definitely not going to hurt and um yeah like i said i'm not going to predict any flips right now but it will position missouri very nicely this year and next year for in-state guys for sure mm-hmm. um if you don't know much about luther burden he's a 6'2 205 uh five-star wide receiver number six player in the nation number one wide receiver according to rivals um i went back and watched some of his highlights from high school and it's always interesting when you're looking at like a five-star player especially a skill player um also i feel like a defensive lineman who's just elite at the high school level they all have this quality of just looking so much better than their competition a lot of the time Mm -hmm. even like uh you know east st louis doesn't play um necessarily like elite level uh football like in their conference but it's not like some like small town team you know that they're going up against each week and he you know just like what you're used to makes it look like he's playing against middle schoolers most of the time and there's players on these opposing defenses that are uh going and playing at the next level too and he i don't think he'll ever be the fastest player on missouri's roster um but he is elusive with the ball he catches everything catches everything with his hands goes up and gets the ball um he sets up his blocks like a running back when he's in the open field that's why i mean they've got him returning punts at east st louis he does the same thing there and he's kind of like sneaky fast because he's takes long strides when he's sprinting and just kind of pulls away from guys or just you know runs away from the defense um and he just looks big out there yeah yeah he looks big he's so strong like just his entire body just people are just bouncing off of him when they're trying to tackle him and stuff so yeah he's got kind of an elite mixture of um like athleticism and strength that it just is like the prototypical wide receiver body and i think that is you mentioned him catching the ball with his hands that sounds like such a dumb thing like oh yeah he's a wide receiver but especially in high school that is not a given even for players that will go on to play for college a lot of guys are body catchers they kind of cradle it um but i think think players can be successful that way but true they're going to you're at the next level. I think that's going a, up and catching everything with your hands. A sign of a of a really elite player that's that's making um, in high school too. A guy like that, he can kind of just do whatever he wants, but to really making good fundamental plays, um, catching with his hands. I think that's just that's that's good. A lot of the time, he on his highlights, you would see him kind of like rotating back towards the quarterback when his quarterback would roll out and try to extend the play. He'd be like kind of like getting into an open area on the field rolling back towards the quarterback to make a play always going and getting the ball not letting it come to him Mm -hmm. that's just kind of those fundamental things obviously top tier wide receivers in high school are not expected to run an incredibly complicated route tree 
so most of his catches are slants screens and deep balls yeah i mean they, he just doesn't need to to run um, complicated routes because they just want to get him the ball and that's clearly works for him i mean he just he'll catch like two or three touchdowns a game just by they give him the ball yeah and like a 10 yard slant and nobody can tackle him right and so he just takes it all the way yeah he's definitely kind of a possession style receiver in high school but um it might be interesting to see how Mizzou uses him. He's definitely, like you said, he's not like a Mookie Cooper speed guy, um, but I he's maybe more kind of like a Toski Dove style. I would say so. Yeah, Toski Dove, you know, turned up to eleven. Just uh, right, uh, more, uh, much more athletic. Yeah, and uh, Toski Dove. Yeah, I mean, he, you would want to give him the maximum number of targets, like. I know we talk about like manufacturing touches sometimes for um, playmakers that are very elusive, like a Mookie Cooper and like just trying to get Tyler Beatty the ball, for example. But Luther Burden is going to be more like more like how you want to get the ball to Tyler Beatty because you just know good things are going to happen versus a player like Mookie Cooper who you want to get the ball because they could break something big. With Luther Burden, you're going to want to get him the ball because... He's always going to be falling forward. He's always going to be fighting for extra yardage and tough to bring down, all that stuff. It's very exciting. Um, let's see. Do I have anything else here? Uh, you talked about how he's just strong, able to break tackles. I mean, his highlights are full of him stiff-arming guys to the ground. Just yeah. keep going. He's truly just one of the more well-rounded um, wide receiver prospects I feel like I've seen in a while. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, he, he's the second highest rated recruit to ever commit to Missouri in the like rankings era. So right. what was that around like 1999, I think is when they started yeah. doing rankings and stuff like that. Um, yeah, obviously second only to another wide receiver, Doriel Greenbeckham. Yeah. And uh, side note, there were a lot of people on Twitter saying things um, <laughs> like, Oh, what happened to the last five-star guy they yeah. got? What happened to the last number one wide receiver that went to Mizzou? And all that happened was Missouri went to the SEC championship game, had one of the best seasons in the history of Mizzou football, yeah. was ranked number five in the country at the in the final um, AP poll, and like was uh, half away from playing for the national championship. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because we didn't even talk about this, but yeah. that was a thought I had was... I saw a lot of like DGB slander and it was like, come on, like, okay, you guys got to check your expectations here. I know he was, I know he was an unbelievable recruit and everything, but and he, yeah, I he guess, had a good Mizzou career. Yeah. And like, even like individual games, like the Kentucky game where he had four touchdown catches, his sophomore season as a whole was, was excellent for, you know, being that early in his development still. And it obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to. Yes. Maybe that's what people are referring to. Right. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely are. But yeah, like, I don't know. Guarantee me a shot at the SEC championship game during Luther Burden's career. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham, his freshman season, uh, about 400 yards and five touchdowns, uh, which is that he's a freshman. And I think that's, that's another thing. That is, is those numbers far exceed exceed the average for yes. even five-star wide receivers yes it's, as freshmen. it's tough for freshmen at any position to contribute uh but his sophomore year he took a big step had uh, almost 900 yards receiving 
and 12 touchdowns. Yeah. That's that's a great season for a college wide receiver, especially Absolutely. sophomore. Yeah, true sophomore. Um, yeah, obviously, Doriel had different things going for him. He had elite speed at just a ridiculous size of six foot six. So that combination is what made him the number one player in the country overall. Uh, Luther Burden is, I don't think he will, if we're just comparing those two, which we might as well, since they're two of the four total five-star players that have ever committed to Mizzou in the rivals rankings era. Um, I could see Luther Burden being a little slower to kind of blow up on the scene in college. He's not likely to go have like this four touchdown game that Doriel had probably not as likely to have 12 touchdown catches his sophomore season, but assuming he stays and plays a junior season or even a senior season, if he doesn't quite blow up uh, and head to the NFL, he's a guy that I think can be more consistent and you can get him the ball in more creative ways. Doriel was limited in his route running abilities yeah. and his ability to expand what he could do once he got to college. Yeah. I don't think Luther Burden's going to have that kind of problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that um, a lot of rankings are based on potential and uh, looking at a six foot six, you know, whatever he was guy running like a four, four, you know, the high school people just projecting what he could be. Uh, based on his measurables, yeah, he might be Calvin Johnson, like right. based on, or you know, or Randy Moss, like yeah. based on, like how good his measurables are. That was like how unique of a body type he had. Um, so I feel like that was one reason why he was just he was ranked number one overall, which is purely based on like what he could turn out to be. Yeah. Um, but you know, Luther Burden, I definitely feel like uh, I don't know, he doesn't have like a lot of like. He, uh, same thing he doesn't have like a lot of body development that he needs to do he, his, his body is college ready he definitely will probably contribute a good amount his freshman year I, I yeah I don't know he's going to catch 10 touchdowns his freshman year or anything but right. he will be a contributor yeah um talking about comparisons uh the national recruiting analyst for 24 7 sports Alan Triu uh, projects Luther Burton to be a first round NFL draft pick when that time comes and compares him to Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Kyle, I got to give you credit. I asked you to think, who do you think 24-7 Sports is comparing him to in the NFL? And you nailed it. You said Chris Godwin. It took me like maybe like 60 seconds of thinking. Yeah. but And I was trying to give you like subtle hints. Like it's a really like spot on with like his play style and his body type. Mm -hmm. I think maybe you could get there if you really yeah. think hard and you got there. It makes and a lot it's of a, sense. It is a really good comparison. I'm like not saying that he's going to, you know, have Chris Godwin's level of success in the NFL, but the skill set and this is basically projecting Luther Burden to be able to become an elite route runner and show that he maybe just work him into the playbook right away and he'll, he'll have the footwork and the agility to be running excellent routes day one, most likely. Um, <laughs> one one thing I guess I wanted to bring up was just uh, maybe why Luther Burden picked Missouri and um, just some things that the trolls were saying on Twitter and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of Georgia fans saying stuff like, uh, yeah, it looks uh, Mizzou's acting like they won the national championship because they landed a one player and 
you know, it, should, it would have just been another day at the office for Georgia. And I guess that to me, that just kind of, yeah, exactly. You just made the point. You just made Missouri's exact pitch. Right. And why, if you are a five-star recruit that you know you're probably going to get to the NFL, no matter who, whatever team you go to, um, why wouldn't you stay home and be something special and uh, be remembered forever? Literally just for attending Missouri, you will be remembered forever. Yeah. And he basically said as much in his, uh, after he made his announcement, he was talking and said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically said like, I want to be a part of something new. I want to be somebody that helps, uh, get Missouri back on track and, yeah. and be remembered there no matter what. Wouldn't that be so much more satisfying to be kind of like a frontier in <clears throat> a movement of Missouri rebuilding and um, you know I'm, I'm not sure that Luther Burden's going to lead Missouri to a national championship or anything like that you know you never know but um, just being an incredibly important piece in changing a program for the better uh, just seems like such a satisfying goal for yeah. a player yeah and especially when your overall goal is go to the NFL mm-hmm. be drafted as high as possible mm-hmm. um, I mean like there's players from smaller schools every season that go in the first 10 picks of the NFL draft. Um, Devonta Smith went to Alabama, won a national championship, won the Heisman trophy as a wide receiver and got picked in the middle of the first round. Mm -hmm. Like that's the best season you could possibly have as a wide receiver. And it's not like he went number one overall. Yeah. Like if he has a little bit worse numbers at a smaller school, he's still going to be a first round draft pick. Um, another thing I saw on Twitter was why would Luther Burden go to Missouri when this was the, <laughs> the, the term was used was the money pot is sweeter in Georgia. Well, first yeah. of all, how do you know? Yeah. And second of all, uh, we actually got some data today. Kyle, you don't know about the Georgia money pot? <clears throat> well, yes, I do. Because uh, Ross Dellinger tweeted uh, some data from the, uh, let's see, what is this, the National Collegiate Player Association. How did you remember that? That was very good. Uh, And this data shows that Missouri, out of the 28 states that uh, have the NIL laws, Missouri is tied for second as far as supporting college athletes with NIL opportunities. Uh, So, and Georgia's like at the bottom here or something like that. Yeah, they're basically trying to quantify and rank the states based on like how their laws in practice benefit the players. Mm Mm-hmm. And Missouri, out of 100, out of a rating of 100, Missouri was at 81, mm-hmm. tied for second place. And Georgia was 21st. So, yeah. uh, a I lot d- of SEC schools, SEC states, were low on yeah. those rankings. Right. Which sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. So I guess all that to say is, I think Missouri is completely capable and willing to support a, a team of college athletes that have picked the university they love, and especially a player like Luther Burden. Of course, Missouri is going to support a player like that if given the opportunity. Uh, if Luther Burden's at Georgia, he's got to compete against 20 other five-star players on their team for NIL opportunities. And in the state of Missouri, he is the guy, he is the guy, the number one player that people think of um, whenever they're wanting to do, uh, whenever they want to pay a player to represent their business. Who do you think they're going to think of? Right. That's Luther Burden. So I mean, that's that's got to be attractive. Oh yeah. Um, I'll be interesting to see like what differences between the states make Missouri higher on that list. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. But I mean, credit to coach Drinkwitz for spearheading that initiative within the state Mm -hmm. and realizing how important that would be. 
and going and trying to make a change for the better. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of talk about um, <clears throat> how NIL would affect Missouri in the grand scheme of things and, like, would it help, would it hurt? Uh, does it just mean the, the, the Alabamas of the world are just going to keep getting all the good players? And uh, I think this is at least an example of how NIL can really benefit Missouri, and it gives them kind of a pedestal in Luther Burden's recruitment. And uh, I, I'm sure they were able to show him, like, this is how – uh, th- these are the opportunities you're probably going to have if you come here, you know, right. through NIL. Right. And uh, I definitely don't think the NIL hurt Missouri in this recruiting at all. No. And, and, and really probably helped them a lot. And if the NIL thing doesn't come to pass like it did then this past summer, I don't know what this recruitment looks like. I don't right. know. He may still come to Missouri. I don't know. But uh, I definitely think it helped him. Um, looking at the class overall now, Missouri sits at 14th nationally, according to 24-7 sports in the class of 2022, and 5th in the SEC. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, A&M, and LSU are all still ahead of them, but Missouri is now ahead of Florida in the conference rankings. Um, and this is uncharted territory for Missouri football recruiting. So enjoy it. Um, we kind of had like a sneaky good class last year, and now this class is not going to be sneaky to anyone because we've got a five-star player and one of the better quarterbacks in the country mm-hmm. uh, i'm loving the balance to this class skill position players linemen and there's still some guys out there that uh missouri's going to pursue heavily yep. and i think there's a lot of talent in 2023 class that i think we're already well positioned for so i don't think the recruiting success is going away anytime soon for missouri i would agree with you there um before we pivot completely away from recruiting, I want to bring something to your attention, Kyle, and the attention of our audience. Um, 24-7 Sports, I found this cool thing. They have what they call the College Football Team Talent Composite Rankings. And so what they do is they take a given season of football, they look at every player on the roster that season, look at their recruiting profiles, and then rank the teams based on the players that are currently on the roster, uh, what their like recruiting stats were, the recruiting rankings of the individual players. So um, they have these rankings going back to 2015. And if you just do the SEC only, obviously we're talking about 14 teams. Missouri has finished in these rankings better than 13th once, and they were 12th in 2015. The rest of the years, they have ranked 13th. In 2021, they are ranked 13th, only beating Vanderbilt. And shockingly, the number one team and number two team, not only in the SEC, but in the country, in these team talent composite rankings, Alabama and Georgia. I never could have guessed. So, um, you know... We like to talk about how like Tennessee gets good recruits, but then they, you know, stink uh, in years past. Uh, Tennessee this year seventh in the SEC as far as like the team talent rankings. Um, Texas A&M fifth in the SEC, still eighth in the country. So it's maybe not quite as surprising uh, that they were able to knock off Alabama. Somebody from that top ten was probably more likely to do it. But um, this is a number for Missouri that. Uh, kind of shows why we're in the position we are as far as wins and losses on the field Um, and stacking it's so important to stack 
decent to great recruiting classes back to back to back. And that's when you can kind of climb these rankings and let some upperclassmen develop. And then you can actually compete with some of these better teams. Yeah. You were telling me before we started recording, uh, Georgia's got what, like 25 star players on their team right currently or something like that. 19, 19 players on their roster that were five stars coming out of high school. They've landed 19 players that are basically like landing Luther burden in the last uh, few years. And there's not that many five-star players every year. No, they really, they really are. There's a lot more four-star players than there yeah. are five. Yeah. And w- when you think about it in that way, uh, with all these recruiting classes kind of stacked on one another, it's honestly, and obviously this year is kind of different because Missouri is just historically bad right now. Yeah. But it, in a lot of other years, it's almost surprising how little difference there is on the field between some of these teams that have 25 star players available for them and a team like Missouri that has zero. And, you know, Missouri knocked off Georgia not too long ago and they've been competitive with them at other times. So it's just, it's kind of wild to think that they're able to even compete um, on the field whenever there's so much talent disparity. Yeah. Um, outside of Alabama and Georgia, like, it's it's all like single digit five star players like LSU and Florida have six apiece, Texas A&M has five, so we're like really close to the rest of the SEC adding up to about as many as Georgia has on their team, excluding Alabama. It's nuts. Yeah. So, we still recruiting rankings aren't everything, but they do correlate to wins and losses because. If you, if, you know, if, um, heaven forbid, if Luther Burden does not turn into the player we think he could be, then that's Missouri's only five-star player for how long? We don't know. If the same type of player doesn't pan out for Georgia, they've got 18 other five-star players that they can turn to. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else about uh, recruiting Luther Burden? I mean, this is awesome. Not every day. Not every day you get to celebrate a five-star. We do have a little bit of news before we talk about that Texas A&M game. Um, Jay Macklin, wide receiver, transferring. Um, Not super surprising. He's battled some injuries. He has uh, seen the field, I think, in one game uh, in his career at Missouri. Um, It wasn't really looking like depth chart-wise he would be a contributor anytime soon. So um, good luck to him, obviously. Wish him the best. Wish uh, it would have. Wish we would have been able to contribute for Missouri. But uh, un- unluckily for him, unluckily, uh, unfortunately, wide re- unfortunately for him, for him uh, <laughs> wide receiver is a position that Missouri actually has some de- decent depth. Yeah. Then there were also some injuries that were announced today. Um, Case Cook, Chris Turner, and Mason Pack are all done for the season due to injury uh chris turner tweeted a kind of like thank you mizzou nation goodbye thanks for everything uh, because this was his extra covid season now that he is done for the year he is done for his career unfortunately um case cook could potentially return next season we'll see how that goes yeah i'd have to really uh calculate how many games he's played in this year but If he's only played in four games, I believe he's eligible to return next year if he so chooses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Chris Turner's done. Seems like he's been a Missouri Tiger for a long time. Um, 
but uh, obviously appreciate his contributions over over the years and kind of sad to see his season end soon and then the third one there was mason pack who is more of a more of a depth uh player on the defense special teams player um okay moving on to the texas a&m game you know it's just like had to get the good news out in front now the rest of this episode might be a little bit of a bummer but (laughs) um maybe there's some good things to talk about here missouri lost this game 35 to 14 and um the second half looked better than the first half for missouri i guess uh fewer mistakes on offense defense got some stops at least but uh yeah i kind of felt like the score could have been worse i mean 35 to 14 that's not great but it actually feels like they could have been blown out yeah i feel like uh it was setting up to where a&m was going to score as many points as they wanted i mean the first quarter they jumped out to 21-0 lead and we're just gashing mizzou on the ground like yeah. oh like, like surprise surprise like every other game yeah. yeah i mean like guys the running backs running untouched for 50 yards to yeah. the end zone like i don't know the compilation that you could put together of running backs this season torching missouri's defense having fun yeah i mean it's kind of like legendary stuff at this point yeah yeah legendarily bad yeah um Texas A&M running backs uh, Spiller and how did they pronounce the other running back's name? A-Chain? I think it was Something A-Chain. Like that. Spiller ran for 168 yards on 20 carries. A-Chain had 124 on 16 carries. <clears throat> it just feels like uh, we've seen this movie before and I almost just feel like I don't even remember this game that much. Like I just have like, yep, this I've seen this before uh their their running backs uh are gashing us on every play uh the quarterback is not very good but it doesn't matter and like uh calzada or calzone or whatever Mm -hmm. his name is he like over he had a couple of plays where he like overthrew wide open you know uh uh, running backs on screen plays and stuff like he he really didn't play well at all and through a a pretty i mean uh carlisle's made a good play on the ball but through kind of a bad interception like especially like considering they were trying to like put the game away at the end of the first half basically that was a beautiful play by carlisle though he that he really went up and got that Mm -hmm. um kind of a textbook interception but uh i I mean i was actually really surprised at how much a&m was throwing the ball i'm just like why why are you throwing the ball yeah like it you just i almost think they knew they could do whatever they wanted to on the ground and they just kind of felt like they needed to get wanted to uh, challenge themselves a little bit you know maybe try to get him in a little bit of a rhythm uh, yeah get something going for the quarterback yeah uh, in a game where you know you can if you need to you can turn it back on with the running backs there was actually a specific moment in this game where you know missouri had uh was had kind of gotten some nice plays and some tackles in the backfield and stuff like that and there was like a third and 16 and I kind of was just thinking, like, if they run the ball here, they're going to get it. Yeah. And uh, I think they did. Yeah. I, they did, like, a draw play. And uh, I can't remember if he got it, but he got within one yard for sure. Yeah. Uh, and just, Yeah, he got it. Even in the even the announcers were surprised. <laughs> uh, the Mizzou fans that were watching the game were not surprised. No. Um, Connor Bazelak had a rough, rough game, but really rough first half. Yeah. Uh, first pass of the game, was it? Uh, got picked off i don't think it was the first one but it yeah it was that first drive well he it actually seemed like they kind of got in a little groove you're right and there was then, a really bad penalty yes, kind of really derailed bad. it yeah 
that's that's uh, what happened was there was a, a bad penalty. It was a holding penalty on Dove or something like yeah. that, and uh, just kind of derailed the drive. Yeah, the the interception was pretty atrocious. Had to be some kind of miscommunication between him and I think it was Daniel Parker Jr. that was downfield. I think you're uh, right. Intended receiver, but uh, that just kind of set up a and m for easy score and they didn't look back um pretty I, much like my entire twitter timeline was like people just clamoring for macon or brady cook and uh honestly I, at this point like i guess i can't really disagree with that take like i w- i wouldn't be mad if we if tyler macon was in the game yeah i, I didn't really understand not giving one of them a try yeah, in the fourth quarter. It just really seems like that's not going to happen, though. It's and, I would say it's absolutely not. I mean, yeah. Drinkwitz said in the post-game press conference that he thinks Connor Bazelak gives the team the best uh, chance to win each week. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just dismissed that idea completely that they would turn to a backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, Missouri's offense got a few things going. Obviously, uh, Tyler... The, Tyler Beatty got his touches, so he racked up some yards, um, wasn't very efficient on the ground, had one, like the bulk of his yards came on one awesome play where he um, was pretty determined to get in the end zone. That was amazing. Like dragging dudes to the end zone. And then the other touchdown for Missouri came on a Dominic Lovett end-around toss play that looked really good. He looked really fast. Um, He's a guy that, as a freshman, has really impressed me, and I think – his, yeah, he's going to be a big part of the offense moving forward. I agree. He's. Gonna, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Um, I got to give Baze like a little bit of credit here. He did have a couple plays where he uh, let a wide receiver go up and make a play. We've been begging for that on this podcast. Like throw the ball up, let your guy go try to make a play. And I think it was Towski Dove both times uh, that kind of made a play one on one with a defender and. Uh, you got to just give your wide receivers a chance sometimes. Yeah, Dove in particular has really good hands. Like he's he makes those tough contest, contested catches all the time. Like you just got to trust him. Uh, Beatty also caught seven passes for fifty three yards, so his total yardage numbers ended up being pretty decent, even though he only had sixty eight yards on the ground. Uh, yeah, nearly half of them coming on that one play. Um, what else? What else? We talked about Jalen Carly's interception, but that was at the end of the first half, and then Missouri's offense basically was like, yeah, we are not going to try to score. That was probably one of the most uh, disappointing coaching decisions I've seen in a while, definitely for this season. Um, there was like a minute and a half left yeah, in the first half. I, yeah, it was well over a minute. Um, the interception return actually did get called back because of like a block in the back on the return. They would have been set up real nice at like the – 35 yard line but instead they got pushed back to like the 15 or something yeah and so they just decided to to run out the clock to halftime and i just think that's so unbelievably questionable um in a game where you're you you have nothing to lose you're losing 28 to 7 what can possibly go wrong that's gonna make this game more out of reach than it already is like do something to get the get the team back in the game you have probably the best kicker in college football yeah get in get in mevis range yeah it's not that it's probably not that far away right <laughs> you can kick it from 60. yeah it seemed like they were content to just like hand the ball to Beatty, and if he could break a run then we'll try to score if he can you know go get a first down or break off something big to get us going then we'll 
try to make a drive out of it. But when he got stopped, they were just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. We'll, I, I th- we'll try this a couple times and then. I think in most scenarios, I'm going to look for a way to defend coach and just kind of see, uh, try and see his side of the argument. Yeah. But in this particular scenario, I kind of just think it's inexcusable. And yeah, there's was, not a whole lot. You, you know, usually you could find something that he could say to that would be like, okay, yeah, I kind of understand that. But right. there's not much you could no. say in that situation. That was pretty disappointing. Um, the second half kind of flew by. Uh, the teams combined for 14 points. They each scored seven. So maybe that is a little bit of a win for the Tigers that uh, they were able to keep things under control in the second half. Maybe part of that is A&M letting off the gas. It was still disappointing that Missouri's offense couldn't really do a whole lot. Um, that's alarming. Bazelak has just looked pretty inefficient lately. It almost seemed like uh, like between the 20s, they were not bad. Like uh, certain drives, they were, especially that first drive, mm-hmm. I was like really encouraged by um, the efficiency, the speed in which they were going and uh, just kind of finding guys wide open. It didn't really seem like A&M was uh, that interested in applying great pressure on defense, but just a one, one penalty or one error just completely derailed all momentum they had. Yeah, it seems like the offensive line for Missouri has been playing pretty decent uh, game in, game out. Uh, they'll have kind of a, a bad penalty here and there. They'll uh, allow some pressure from time to time. But for the most part, it seems like like has time. Obviously, you don't need to do a whole lot to give Beatty running room, and he can make a play out of it. Mm-hmm. But in the games where the talent disparity is clearly so big, uh, you ha- and this is where I feel like, Gary Pinkle teams were really good was you have to realize you have to play perfectly in some of those mental game areas like the penalties um, turnovers you have to win the turnover battle you can't uh, have like 10 penalties in the game like you're just giving uh, the other team opportunities you're just derailing your own momentum and uh, in a game where you're playing against Texas A&M one of the most talented teams in the country you just you cannot win you can't probably even compete uh, when you're doing all those like mental mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, disappointing performance from the offense, but, uh, pretty much, uh, at this point though, kind of what we expected. I guess yeah. we thought maybe the offense might be a little bit better than they were, but yeah. A&M's defense is legit though. Yeah. Um, so there's not a game this week. We got to buy an off week. So we're going to jump right into SEC Pick'em plus Nebraska, but also a bunch of other teams are off this week too, so there's not a whole lot of games to pick. But we got to talk for a little bit about the uh, what happened last week with these picks. Our <laughs> Patreon uh, supporter who did the guest picking just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> and I was like raising an eyebrow at some of his picks uh, last week on the episode. And it made you look like a fool. Yeah, he was perfect. Mm-hmm perfect score Sheesh. us not so much yeah daddy jd right yep mm-hmm. perfect score including upsets that's three, never three upsets. that's never happened Jeez. on this podcast like ever i don't yeah. think anybody's had a perfect week no. he picked some crazy games he picked lsu to beat uh florida florida mm-hmm. like, lsu at home i guess but i pick lsu all the time and they always lose that's true <laughs> they don't work <laughs> out for me auburn over arkansas yeah on the road i think uh so excellent picks. Just a genius, yeah. I guess. And I, I don't know what I was thinking. I decided to pick Kentucky over Georgia, and that was never going to happen. You were gonna, you were risking being a 
absolute legend though yeah i guess i hadn't looked at the uh football team talent composite i didn't <laughs> see that georgia was like off the charts with like five-star players if i had looked at that i never would have you never would have done it yeah. all right so we don't have very many uh, games to pick this week because even nebraska is not playing this week no we've only got four games this week all right oh, good uh, so we can I can't fall behind it much so with only four games little recap daddy jd last week scored 10 points kyle got four i got three cameron got two Yes. Fun stuff. So the Patreon guest pickers are now seven points in the lead. Oh my gosh! Showing us up on our own show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No more going easy on them. <laughs> no more guest picking. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. Making us look bad. <laughs> All right. What do we got this week? All right. Our first game this week is LSU at number twelve. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a nine-point favorite. Ooh, our guest picker this yeah. week is Tim. Okay. Tim goes Ole Miss. I picked against them. I picked Tennessee. That was actually a close game. And mm-hmm. the, like chaos ensued. Yeah, absolute absolute chaos. Um Tennessee. Okay, lit this is a real take that I have. They should not be allowed to have fans at their next home game. That should be the punishment. You'll that'll put an end to it. I I'm serious. Is that too harsh? Yeah. One game, no fans. Just gonna go back to straight old COVID times after yeah. that. Huh? I think that's a that's a just punishment. Well, you didn't think they fighting. were throwing golf balls. I know. Uh, I don't even think that call at the end on that spot was that bad. Uh, what do they get fined? Like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars or something like? Basically that, zero dollars. Like they'll make that back in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Golf balls. That's an extreme take, but I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if i can agree with you on that i mean i say give him the death penalty well okay actually you know what i agree <laughs> give Redu- them the death reduce penalty. their scholarships yeah no, a bowl ban yeah they shouldn't even be allowed to play football for a few years a few decades decades all right i'm uh picking Ole miss in this game that has nothing to do with tennessee <laughs> uh nine point favorites mm-hmm. lsu's got all the coach o stuff going on yeah uh, <laughs> I gotta pick Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ole Miss. Everybody picks them. Everybody. Okay. I was thinking about picking LSU. No drama. Try to gain a couple points back. This might be a boring week. Not Four games. Them. I think we're gonna agree on all of them. Yeah. All right. Game Spoiler. number two: Mississippi State at Vanderbilt. Mississippi State is a twenty and a half point favorite. Oh, my god! Vanderbilt, the only team consistently worse than Missouri in the uh, team talent composite rankings. <laughs> 14th every single year. Give me the uh, cowbells. Ooh. Mm. That makes me want to not pick them. Well, but uh, I'll pick Mississippi State. Uh, okay. Tim also picks Mississippi State, as do I. All right. Tennessee at number four, Alabama. Alabama is a 25-point favorite. Alabama wins, but I think Tennessee covers the spread. That is not financial advice. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've ever picked against Alabama before, but I'm definitely not this not week. I'm going to start either. today. No, I'm not. All right. Alabama all around. Oh, Shocker. I okay. <laughs> I thought you thought he was about to say, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, last game on the slate. South Carolina at number 17, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 19 and a half point favorite. That seems like a lot. 
Uh, South Carolina struggled with Vanderbilt, though. Is South Carolina? Yeah, they did. Uh, Beamer Bowl. Yeah. Not this year. A&M. A&M. I feel like, uh, yeah, all these games are, like, easy picking just, like, the winner. But easy, some of these picking. lines, easy pickings. Yeah. Some of these lines are a little a little wonky, though. Yeah. A little extreme. Somehow, like your Tennessee take. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, South Carolina probably covers that spread as well. Man, how many more weeks do we have of this? Are you bored of it no. or something? Are you ready for? He's trying to fo- figure out if he can come back and win. Football or not. season I'm trying to, to figure end. out if I should switch my pick to LSU or not. Might as well. Might as well make it make it interesting for us. All right, you talked me into it. Oh, peer pressured him. Great. More points for us. All right. I'll watch your career with, with guess. I'll watch your career with great interest. <laughs> Is that it for this week? That's it. All right. That's it. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, a.k.a. The Pick King, uh, Luis Hernandez, and Tim Keens. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We are on Twitter, at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Luther Burden.